A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everybody. Greetings. Uh, you join me at the uh, Last Drop Hotel in uh, Bromley, wherever I am. Uh, it's up near, not Bromley Common, not in the south. I'm up north. This is actually, hang on, let me look at the thing. I am at Bromley Cross, which is on the way to Clitheroe. I'm supporting uh, Clinton Baptiste on his tour in a minute. So I'm at the uh, I'm at Darwin Theatre tonight. Uh, and then we're in Halifax tomorrow. Um, and uh, and then where are we after that? Oh yeah, and then we're in uh, we're in the Lowry in Manchester in Salford on uh, on Sunday. So if you're around, come down, come see us. Um, before we get into it, before we get into it, we're gonna we got to do our our little things. Got to do our bit of housekeeping. Um, so we're sticking a toe in the YouTube uh, in, in the YouTube. <laughs> That's what he says here. <laughs> I wrote I'm it in a bit of a hurry. I wrote in such a hurry. Um, yeah, I think we've decided yeah, that YouTube us- might might catch on. So we're gonna. Got it. <laughs> yeah, producer Paul seems to think there's something in this YouTube malarkey. I'm uh, probably going to be so. Uh, so uh, we'll see, shall we? We'll see. Getting ahead of the head of the curve. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, so he's. Right, I'm going to read this. What you said. I'm going to do that. And so here are. So we're sticking a toe in the YouTube, <laughs> which sounds bizarre. Um, but we need you all to subscribe to tickle the algorithms and make it happen. So click the link in the episode description to see us recording some of the episodes, including our amazing chat with Sex Pistols star Glenn Matlock. So come and do that. Actually, yeah, do do that for us. That would be fantastic. We we're one of yeah we are we're not we just we just you know it's one of those things we we we're a bit behind with it so. Get onto the YouTube channel. Come and have a look. There's some good, there's some good stuff. Um, also, this podcast is being supported by Save Our Souls Clothing. Mark and Stacey, those wonderful lads, doing wonderful things with their ethically sourced and vegan-friendly garments. Um, and they're, yeah, they're our sponsors. Um, and so, <clears throat> if you go to their website, sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane, um, and use the promo code membrane, that's that's all one word, you'll get 15% off not just of our uh, stylish t-shirts and uh, and hoodies you'll also get 50% off of their entire range off the on the entire store so go to sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane and use the exclusive listener code membrane and you'll get 15% off the entire store so go and do that they're good lads as well just briefly uh, while we mention them they've had a bit of a tough time this week because a year ago they lost their mate Dean uh, bless them and I, I, I just saw two lads coming together like proper mates looking out for each other making sure Dean's family were well everyone sort of came together it was a beautiful thing so if you're listening to this lads nothing but love for you yeah I know it's a tricky time for you but you know you're good lads you know and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're there for each other and it's, it's a pleasure to have you as our sponsors God bless you 
Um, we've also got limited edition Insane in the Membrane coffee beans, a roast made to our taste by Wogan Coffee in Bristol. Yeah, we love Bristol. If you go to wogancoffee.com and use the exclusive membrane listener promo code MEMBRANE, you'll get 10% off Insane in the Membrane beans. <laughs> I can't say the word beans without laughing. It's, it it sounded all right when I wrote it. It sounded okay, but now you've said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like just because the beans sounds different wrong. things. Yeah. Beans, just be, come get your insane in the membrane beans. <laughs> well, I'm in a hotel on my own. There's probably plenty of beans around here. Um, but yeah, go to wogancoffee.com. Use the exclusive membrane listener promo code membrane for 10% off the insane in the membrane coffee beans. I can't laugh at coffee, but they are. Thank you, Wogan Coffee. Uh, it, you know what? It is really nice coffee. I urge you to go and get some. It's really nice. It, you, I think you coffee connoisseurs out there really need to get your head around that. It's really good stuff. So, this week's guest uh, is David Firth. David Firth is the creator of one of my favourite cartoon characters, Salad Fingers. Um, I can't remember who first showed me Salad Fingers. It was years ago. And... I just couldn't believe what I was watching, and I've loved Salad Fingers ever since. Um, he's also a creator. Uh, they, him and uh, someone they created uh, Devo, another character that I really loved. I think my youngest son Bailey introduced me to. Really funny. Um, and I just, I just, he, he, he was doing a little tour. He was going on tour, having a bit of a chat with people, uh, talking about Salad Fingers and that. And I just thought, Do you know what? I'd love to get him on. So we had him on, and it was a really good chat. Now. I will say it goes a little bit surreal by the end. We go off on a bit of a tangent, uh, so do stick around for that. It's a really good chat. He's a, he's a smashing dude, and it was a pleasure to have him on. So coming up in a minute is David Firth. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A podcast from producer Paul UK. Insane in the membrane. Cheers for coming on because I've been a big fan of your work. Um, that salad fingers and Devo and it's fantastic. Yeah, cheers. Uh, thanks for oh, having nice me. One. Ah, that's my pleasure, man. So it's mental health, but it's not. It, 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 I know some people get put off with that. They're kind of, you know, when you go, oh, it's a mental health podcast. Um, that's kind of like the jumping off point. 
but it kind of goes wherever you want it to go. It's just, you know, just have it. It's two people having a chat. That's all it is. And from that, <clears throat> like people listening will know, will take from it what they will. So, you know, you're just telling your story, really, just talking about things. And, you know, have, have, have you found it difficult over the last couple of years, over the year or so with the lockdowns and that? Or did you kind of do stuff from home anyway, like work-wise? Yeah, it's not really changed much for me. Um, yeah. The, you know, certain personal uh, things have been a problem, but work-wise, yeah. there's been no problem at all. It's been better than usual, actually. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Also, you know, if I'm restricted to my house, then I can uh, get more work done. And, uh, yeah. you know, if there's no pressure to be out of the house, then that's for me, that's good. That's, that's just uh, getting more done, really. Yeah, I know what you mean. It was a funny one with the... Yeah, because yeah, you didn't need to be anywhere. It, I, I actually felt all right about it. I felt, you know, that was... It was actually, you know, it wasn't great. Obviously, you know, as it went on, I started to struggle with it a bit. But initially, I was like, oh, I don't have to be anywhere. That's quite nice. I can just do stuff. Yeah, I think initially, the, the start of it was the worst part for me because I thought, you know, there was some horrible virus that was going to kill me but you know now yeah, i realize yeah. there isn't and you know there's a, there's it's it might make me sick but i'm vaccinated and yeah I, at first i had this really horrible feeling that this was it you know this was the uh the end of times Did you really <laughs> yeah just for a while and uh, you know washing my hands all the time even like going to the when you got back from the supermarket kind of making sure that i was like washing the containers of things that other people might have touched and and yeah. then just uh i'm glad that's that bit's over um yeah and after that i've just been quite relaxed it's funny actually because i know going out and getting shopping because where i was living in this flat it was sort of overlooked by other flats so we could see clearly into their lounges and they could see clearly into our kitchen so uh, yeah i know what you mean the because of the news, because we were watching the news all the time, you start to build up this weird idea that we're getting into this like zombie apocalypse type affair. And I remember coming in one day with all the bags of shopping, and I put them on the table in the kitchen, and I shut the blinds so the people in the in the other flats couldn't see what I'd bought. Yeah, it was like in case they came round to rob it. All <laughs> oh, right, yeah. I had a real, really weird week. <laughs> yeah, buying huge bags of rice and stuff just in case you know something that's going to last. Like, oh, what if food runs out? What if they, you yeah. know, there's no food? I'm going to have to have something to eat. I buy some big bags of rice and pasta stuff that's going to last for a while. Yeah, that's it. And, that, and then you end up with acres of rice. You just go. <laughs> <Yeah. back. laughs> um, but the thing is, you know, looking at salad fingers and. He's quite. A, he's quite. A, he lives in a desolate place, so mm. obviously that's on your. You, you're sort of aware of what could happen if society was to just stop. We don't yeah. end up like salad fingers. Yeah, I think you know he's uh, sort of living on. You know, he doesn't have a lot of needs. He just finds. He, it, I don't know exactly why he's ended up the way he has. I haven't decided on that yet, or. You know, it hasn't come to me, but people have got ideas, think it's about a war or something. But, you know, I just think he, he it might be, you know, it might be by choice. He might just have wandered off somewhere and he might be happier living away from everything. But yeah. there might be nothing else. You know, I don't picture there being a big city nearby Salad Fingers World. I, think, I feel like he's in a pretty isolated place, but I'm not sure if he's, I think he's probably by choice. 
Yeah. What I like about it, what I like about things like Salad Fingers and things like films like Napoleon Dynamite and that, is that they just exist. They're just, a, it, like you've just said, there doesn't have to be a reason why they are where they are. Yeah. They just are. And I really like that. But for some reason, other people need to put it somewhere and need to be, you know, like, well, why can't it just be that? Why can't it just, like, just just exist in that little, that, that thing exists there? Yeah, you know? that's it. And, well, it's always, for me, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of, sort of surreal humour, whereas uh, I think if you didn't grow up watching Reeves and Mortimer and uh, Monty mm. Python and uh, Big Train and stuff like that, then you'd probably would need a little bit of explanation. Like I found American people often feel the need to justify and explain all these jokes. And even if there was something as weird as, you know, Reason Mortimer on TV now, there would be videos explaining each joke. You, you just know it. Yeah. Um, whereas we just kind of enjoyed the fact that they didn't make sense. That was the, that was the joke a yeah. lot of the time. That was exactly it. That's why that is exactly it. I remember just sitting there. Down the years, there's been things like that. So absolutely, uh, big train, as you said, uh, you know, Nathan Barley, all these things. Or, uh, was it Jam, Blue Jam, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, and, both. Yeah, and you're watching these things, and I, it's nothing better. I know I'm watching something great when I sit there going, "What the fuck is going on? Yeah, what the f- what is what is happening? It, it just really makes me laugh. So when I was first showed Salad Fingers, I just remember just sitting there going. I can't fucking believe that this exists. This is incredible. And you know who your friends, your true friends are when you show them and they and they either go, oh, wow, this is it. This is fantastic. Or they go, you're weird. You watch some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if um, the guy, if, if it existed before, then I would have been a fan of it. I always think that, you know, I've got to make something yeah. that, that I would want to see. And if the, if it already exists, I don't need to make it. But if uh, if there's a gap in the market, especially in the animation world, I'm sure things similarly exist in film, but animation specifically, I always felt like there was a gap for sort of slightly, for me, ambient and comforting horror. It's not yeah. horror that makes you constantly feel anxious. Um, there, there is warmth in the horror and uh, yeah. that's always what I kind of went for. Like, I felt like uh, films like Saw for me are a bit too cold. There's no warmth in the the horror there. There's nothing in between the the horribleness that makes me, you know, appreciate the film itself. It's just it's just you know straight up torture, isn't it, all the way through? And a lot of horror yeah. films are like that, I think. Whereas uh, things like I don't know, The Mist. I always find that quite comforting. You know, that you've seen that films like The Mist. Yeah, and um, yeah. I think that's why people like Stranger Things as well. I think uh, it, it's kind of it's it's kind of nice between the the horror parts, yeah. isn't it? It's There's a comfort there. And I think that's, I often think that's missing from horror. Yeah, I know what you mean. That, yeah, and you, that comfortable, the comfort in horror, that comfortable horror, like you just said. Yeah, I, that is exactly what it is. I'd never thought of that before. It's like, why? Well, yeah, why do I like that? It's like with again with, with Salad Fingers. There's there's elements of like he was it was the market and he was selling really weird stuff and and then there was a bit where Crow stole stole his stole his wares and then he went he, 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 and he was so sad and then he went oh that's <laughs> right I've got some more and just started peeling himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I think he's, you know, he's he's been dealing with those crows a lot. He, he knows there's nothing he can do. They can fly and they can move pretty quickly. So he just has to deal with it like a pest. <laughs> there is only real, you know, enemy, I think, throughout the series. I mean, he comes across different beings that come and go, but his only persistent enemy, I think, is crows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, where did, I mean, you've been asked this a million times. When you first came up with it and you showed it to the first person, or did you come up with, come up with it with somebody? Or yeah. Or did you take it to someone and go, I've got this? Uh, my friend Christian called me Salad Fingers. He, he called me that before the series. He was commenting ah. on my fingers, the shape of my fingers. And uh, so wh- when I said I wanted to use that name for a cartoon, um, we both had a discussion about how it should be. And, yeah. um, and then I went off and made it. Like, I, it, it's because when you're making cartoons that no one's watching, which I was at the time, then you don't need to, you don't, overthink it it's just i need to make something i'm bored i want to make something it's just like now if i went and did a drawing i wouldn't be like this drawing's going to be you know worth something i just do it because it's enjoyable so i didn't think too much about it but um i remember when i finished it the first person i showed it to was uh was my flatmate from university even though i was at home and the reason that he was the only per- first person I'd showed it to was because it was three in the morning or something, and he was the only person. He was always online, you know, on MSN Messenger. Yeah. It was he was always online, so I was like, "I'll show it to Rob," and um, <laughs> got positive feedback. Um, and but that was it. Like the the idea was next day I'll put it on Newgrounds, and then we'll find out if it's any good or not. Yeah, and um, for you know, for the first five days, it was typical feedback you know this is weird stop doing this it didn't take <laughs> off um didn't have a very good score on Newgrounds either because uh, things were rated by score so if you were you know 4.5 out of 5 plus then you were going to be in a good position and it, you were going to be visible but I had like 2 2 out of 5 most people didn't like it um so yeah. I, I thought there's no hope of this taking off and I'd forgotten about it by f- 4 or 5 days I was just like Right. What What's next? Because okay. this is nothing. Then all of a sudden, it got it got stuck on the front page of Newgrounds, and like then and took in you know tens of thousands of hits yeah. every hour, and I was just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> then the score started going up. Then the score started creeping up on Newgrounds. It's like people really needed to be told they were allowed to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was so unusual, and it's sort of like it, it just came out of nowhere. Just you know, like that's the beauty of the internet. You can just put things up, and it just all you need is that is that that one person to go. Have you fucking seen this? And yeah, that, and then it spreads. Well, I didn't, I I didn't like what I saw on on Newgrounds for the most part. Um, it was a, uh, I thought everyone else must have been thinking like me there's there's enough of these video game parodies there's enough of this like kind of cartoony cheesy sort of childish humor surely people will appreciate the originality if i put something a bit surreal up and at first people really didn't and i thought i you know i was naive enough to think that other people thought like me at the time um and then I, I kind of realised it was very niche, but it managed to reach those those people. Um, there are some things people can put out, and it will just spread amongst everyone 
immediately um, and maybe not reach people on a deeper level but you know very shareable stuff and i was i was competing with that really because my you know up until that point my stuff was just dark and weird and no one seemed to like it so um yeah i think yeah at first i was uh, it was the one before it that i put out were called scribbler and i was just thinking well i've made something that i've purposefully tried to not look like a flash cartoon because i felt like that was getting stale at the time that same flash look and i thought mm. people will surely appreciate this and they didn't um so <laughs> i think it was the first dose of realizing that uh, people's tastes aren't like my tastes <laughs> have you always been that way have you always felt a bit different to other people people must assume that because you've come up with a character like that you must be weird and dark and you know sitting in some you're sitting in a well somewhere coming up with your new your new ideas I think I just, I'm not a weird person. I just have tastes that I just find the majority of the uh, kind of stuff that seems to be shoveled, you know, towards me through algorithms and recommendation, especially comedy stuff, because I've always been a bit of bit picky about comedy. I just mm. think, I've always thought, can't we do better than this? I just, it, it seems like people re retell the same joke over and over and over again. Yeah. And the same, the same jokes, the same humor, the same uh, satire. And so I've always been very picky when it's come to humor. Yeah, like stuff like Chris Morris, that was always just, mm. again, I always thought, why isn't more stuff like this? Why, why do most people just go for this sort of low-hanging fruit kind yeah. of gags? And why why can't there be more people like Chris Morris? And I think, um, yeah, the same same attitude towards films and music and everything. I'm just very very picky about what I like. I think. Yeah, I know what you mean. I love. There's a. I think it's on the DVD for Jam, and it says play, uh, play, play all, play all at once. And then when you press play all at once, it just goes why? And it used to really <laughs> make me laugh. And I tell, I show people, and they go, right? I go, don't you think that's fucking hilarious? <laughs> and they go, no. And I don't I, think I, I ever clicked that. <laughs> so it just really made me laugh. And just <laughs> and like I've got, I've had partners, ex-partners, and they're going, you just you, you read weird shit, you watch weird stuff, you, and then they think oh, I'm weird. I'm like, no, I just find that that's what I find funny. I don't find mainstream stuff funny. And then you've got the other side of it where people try and they try and copy people like Reeves and Mortimer and they try and be <clears throat> weird and wonderful and surreal. And you go, well, you, if you're not like that, you're not going to, you not, that's not going to come across. You're going to, it's going to sound false. Yeah. You know? Uh, um, especially when they, uh, you know, they, they copy Reeves and Mortimer and they get more popular, um, like uh, Bo Selector. I always thought that was, that always kind of annoyed me a little bit. I did like Bo Selector in places, but certain ones of their characters, I thought that that's just Reeves and Mortimer. That's just a, yeah. a diluted Reeves and Mortimer. And, and they didn't get, you know, they, they were always niche. How did, how did you get mainstream? Uh, I always, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I think people want to feel you know, they've got a bunch of feelings they want to have, they want to get from their entertainment. And, uh, you know, they listen to a sad song, they might feel sad. They listen to a happy song, feel happy. But to me, 
there's another category which is listen to a weird song feel weird or watch a weird film feel weird and i think a lot of people don't want to feel weird but no. i do i'm really interested in that feeling what is that feeling and um it doesn't instantly give you that serotonin hit like a, a lot of feel good stuff does but i'm always thinking about it later and I remember the first time I watched a David Lynch film, I don't think I even enjoyed it, but I kept on thinking about it all the time. And yeah. then I wanted to go back and then embraced that feeling because the first uh, experience of that weird feeling was actually rejection. But eventually I came around to it. And maybe that's the reason stuff like mine doesn't really catch on straight away. Um yeah, you come back to it. Unless people have been given permission. Like, uh, you know, like uh, if, if an album, if, you know, if people say an album's 10 out of 10, you listen to it straight away, you, you think this doesn't sound very good at all. You listen to it a few more times just because you want to find that, that 10 out of 10 that they've experienced. But, you know, without someone telling you that it's a 10 out of 10 album, then you might just kind of listen to it once and then never listen to it again because, um, yeah. you know, it's not immediate. I know what you mean, and I think maybe the problem comes from like society tells you this is this is what you should be listening to, this is what you shouldn't be listening to, and you're not allowed to sort of make your own choices. It's like this is good, this is bad. It's like you see the top top 100 albums of all time, top 100 albums you should be you should listen to before you die, and most of them you go, it's all right, you know, it is what it is, but it's not my favourite album. Yeah, I mean, you know. the same goes for a lot of really weird albums as well. I can guarantee you at least, I'd say at least 60% of the people who own Trout Mask Replica probably don't enjoy it. Uh, they have it because they have it because they're told that it's a masterpiece. I think it's great, yeah. but I don't think it's. I don't put it on and go, yeah, Trout Mask replica. I, I, I appreciate how weird it is. I do like a lot of Captain Beefheart. I like some of the stuff he did after that actually more. But um, the, I think a lot of people have seen that on Pitchfork lists and the Observers top 100 or whatever and they yeah. go yeah i need to listen to that and i need to like it because i'm cultured <laughs> <laughs> whereas i don't think most people that listen to that album enjoy it i've never come away from listening to it going yeah well done I'm glad you never get it on. you never sat there going yeah yeah i got that <laughs> rhythm stuck in my head <laughs> i mean it's, it's like, very, uh. yeah like I, i'm glad it's i'm really glad people talk about it all the time because he's very eccentric and weird and uh, very original but yeah. I don't think people really enjoy it. I went to see the Magic Band. I saw them at I can't remember it was Shepherd's Bridge Empire or something like that. So it was the band. It was the band, and <clears throat> and I think the drummer was this was taking over singing duties. And I remember I'm, I'm watching them, and I was like, I'm really glad I'm watching this. But you get into a groove, you go, oh, I really like this bit, and then they go off into like this. <laughs> yeah. They take a left turn, and you go, oh, I was enjoying that. What the fuck is this now? It's like they were. I don't know, it's like they were banging two metal bathtubs together. And you're going like, what? Oh, I really like the jazzy bit you just did. <laughs> but then that's why I came away going, like listening to the album, like, I'm glad I went and I'm glad I saw him. But I wouldn't rush to see him again. I've just, that's, that was a nice moment. Yeah, but I think it's the same. I think it's, it doesn't give you that comforting hit of serotonin that, uh, you know, seeing a, a band that play really catchy sort of you know very listenable music play but you might you might remember it you might yeah you know you, you you might it might make you think but i think it's the same 
like I was explaining with the David Lynch sort of thing, I, I don't, I, I didn't, I wasn't in a hurry to like it, um, but it definitely made me feel something. And maybe that's it. Maybe uh, Captain, maybe Trout Mask Replica makes people feel something that they haven't felt with other albums. But I haven't really felt it with that album. Um, no, I'm not saying. But I, I, what I think though is people are, are given permission to think it's a masterpiece, and then they have to try and find that masterpiece in there. And, yes. Um, well, it's like what's his, is it? Charles Bukowski, I think, said. Um, if if you see the the crowd running one way, just run the other way. <laughs> yeah, know? and I really like that. And it's true. There are so many things that whenever anyone they start raving about TV shows and films and and they're like, I've seen that, you seen it, and everyone's talking about it online. And then I just go, I, I'm not on purpose. I don't do. I don't set out to do this, but I just go. Well, I'll I'll, I'll get to it at some point. But I'm not going to watch it just because you lot have said. I'm yeah. going to watch it. I should watch it. And nine times out of ten, I'm like, yeah, it was all right. It wasn't for me, but you know, it's quite. As you said, I'm like, well, this has been done before, and this, is, and that's what it is. It's that comfort that people like, isn't it? That it's something they recognise, makes them feel good because it's similar to what they felt before when they watched the other thing that was like that. Yeah, I think it's it's a shame that people want to live like that. You know, get out like that. That phrase, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and uh, but on the uh, opposite of that, you could be going through life pretending you like something that you don't really like just because you want to be yeah. against the crowd. And I think that happens quite yeah. a lot as well. Um, so who knows, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think there a is. few contrarians, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these, uh, you know, there'll, there'll be people who are drinking like really weird, obscure sort of craft ales that are about 11 percent, and you have a little sip of it and you go ah god it tastes like burnt vinegar or something but they're drinking it they go no no this is this is really good this is great <laughs> i know i do that with every time i'm with certain people they try to make me drink whiskey and i've told them a thousand times i don't drink whiskey i can't drink it i don't want to drink it and they're always oh you're not doing it right you're not doing it right a silky does it to me and I'm like, yeah, I, but I am doing it. I put it in my mouth and I'm swallowing it and it tastes horrible. <laughs> yeah. Can you pack it in? <laughs> I, uh, I come to the conclusion that all alcohol tastes horrible. And um, actually, most of it doesn't feel good either to me. But if I do, you know, I would rather have whiskey than beer because then I know there's only that much liquid in my body and not like <laughs> like that much. And I don't want that much liquid in my sloshing around my body. This is um, the problem. This is why my body's like it is at the minute because I've been drinking too much. Well, <laughs> and it's not. It's just. I just keep meeting up with people. Who go. Do you want a pint? I go. Yeah, yeah. Go on then. I'd, I would if I could enjoy it. Like if it, if if beer. I always think uh, just don't. My body does not. It was not built to enjoy alcohol because usually I'd say nine times out of ten it just makes me feel like crap immediately. So yeah. It, if I liked it, I would do it. But <laughs> when I when I say I don't drink. Uh, for the most part, I'm not. I'm not trying to prove how uh, you know, sort of uh, how good I'm being. How what my <laughs> what great willpower I've got. There's no will. I, I don't have any urge to do it. That's why. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to. You seem it. like someone. You seem like someone that sort of walks their own path. You kind of you do what you want to do, and you know you won't be. And not in a. And I'm not saying in a. That's not in a shitty way. You're just like, look, I want to do this, and that's what I'm going to do. So. Well, I think if, if I like it, I think it's good that I don't like alcohol that much because if I did, then yeah. I'd probably drink every day, all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, know. you know, why not? It'd be, if I like it, why, why not? I just do it all yeah. the time. 
But you're big on your music as well, aren't you? I was looking at that. Yeah. Locust Toy Box. Yeah, that's me. That's you. And that, and, I, and I was looking at that. Do you find, because I love music. I, I, I love all kinds of music. I'm not a snob. It's like, if something, if I like it, I like it. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. And I find it does help. I find music helps my mental health more than comedy does. Mm. I find it it's, if I'm if I'm struggling with with if I'm struggling with the day or it's, it, things are coming on top a little bit, I will go off and stick some music on, and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's better. I don't know if that's the same with you. If you find it quite therapeutic, if I'm having a really bad day. I don't listen to anything. I listen to music when I'm happy, I think. Um, yeah, right. More so than when I'm when I'm actually in a good mood, I'll be like, oh yeah, now I want to hear music. When I'm <laughs> in a bad mood, um uh, uh I guess maybe I'll try, but um usually I don't know, sometimes I feel like I've got this I feel like my brain's, you know, uh enjoyment tap you know the 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 endorphins and that in there mm. i think it just goes off for times and it's just there's nothing there's no it's just a, an empty sort of right. void and then then when it comes on then i'm just like oh yeah music ah i'll find some music now <laughs> maybe i can make music you know i don't think i can make music when that's not open that taps not not on so um yeah. but I, whereas i can make my other stuff where whatever i can just it just kind of drips out slowly um, but I can only really make music um, when there's a certain configuration going on up there. Mm. Yeah. Do you find, do you have to sit down when you do you go right today? I'm going to do some work. I'm going to do. I'm going to work on this thing. Or does it just come naturally to you? It's kind of like you enjoy it, so it just you just do it, and it's good fun. And yeah, it's kind of like sort of push yourself. It's like a jigsaw, I guess. If you did, if you, you know, it's on a table downstairs. I don't really do jigsaws. I don't know. I don't know how long they take. But um, imagine you got a jigsaw and you you you'd already started it and left it where it was. You know, sit drinking your coffee and put a few pieces in the jigsaw. You know, um, but or I might be in a in a really big good mood and I, uh, you know, get half of it done or something. But um, yeah. generally, I just it's just a process. It just just continue where I was pick up where I left off. There's always something to work on. There's always something to scribble away at. Um, and I never pressure myself to to finish anything, even a single idea, uh, you know, even a single sentence of dialogue. I don't pressure myself to finish that in one go because I feel like yeah. if you do that, then you, you might end up with um, something where you're trying to take a shortcut to a, a result. Um, and the answer will come. It always comes. So sometimes yeah. you just got to wait. But a lot of the time, it is just uh, processes that I'm carrying out. It, you know, there's no. When I write a script, then it's going to be going to have to be storyboarded. Then when I storyboard it, then I animate it, and it's most of the time it, it doesn't require any like extreme levels of thinking. It's just yeah, bit by bit. Yeah, right. Do you find? Do you, how would you do you find that your mental health is, is is pretty all right like you're kind of like pretty even most of the time or do you have days where you're just like oh fuck what's the point like you were saying earlier about when the first lockdown happened and you thought that was going to be it you know do you have many days like that where you're just like fuck oh, god this is awful i've stopped watching the news now because i don't need to know what's going on um I don't think about it really. I don't think no. I don't. I, I I would never. I don't use the phrase mental health. I, I don't 
talk think about anxiety or anything like that. I just you no. know I, I can almost guarantee that if if I'm feeling like crap one day, it's because of whatever I did or didn't put in my body the previous day, um, whether that be too much sugar, not enough, you know, fiber or alcohol or anything else uh, i don't drink alcohol but you know you know the you know yeah. you know what i mean just uh it's it's always what i did what i did or didn't do yesterday maybe i stared at a screen too much the previous day that then then yeah. i feel it's, it's it's more of a it's more of a physical feeling and that kind of affects everything mm-hmm. else but um so i kind of have worked out exactly at this age what's going to trigger um you know, a bad day. And I, I'd say almost always is um, sugar. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the main thing. If I drink a bunch of cola or something in one day, I do have a problem with the uh, sugar. It's, it's it, it gives me a very, you know, a very short term boost of, of happiness. And um, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I'm, if I'm working on something as well, and I'm, and maybe I'm, I'm not, getting a lot done I, I just instinctively go for the sugar and try and speed my brain up make my brain work better and yeah, then, yeah, then yeah. the next day is not going to be good <laughs> but uh, so yeah I just try and work out exactly what I need how much exercise how much fresh air how much light um, all these things that I need and if, yeah. if that's all in balance then it, it, things are pretty good I think you know what it's interesting you say that about looking at the screen too much not getting out like yeah in the lockdowns i used to, i was I, I ended up walking for miles i'd just go off and I'd, if anywhere was open i could get a coffee and then i'd just walk and i used to go out for hours just walking and there were so many people i knew that weren't doing that and they were like and they and they were starting to really struggle and i'm like just go out put your headphones on and go out go and do something else because people don't realize that doing this all day you know your brain just because your brain can't differentiate between you know reality and this do you know what I mean yeah I don't understand why people don't just go for walks as well Uh, you know if they're physically able to walk to something you don't need to walk anywhere you don't need there doesn't need to be a destination Uh, just walk you know see some trees see some grass that's (laughs) you know uh, light is very important Uh, there's so many you know I know people who get up you know in the sort of late afternoon go to bed at you know, 7 a.m. or something and you know they're, they're sad and they, they should realize that that's that's the reason you know yeah. you gotta I, I'll be sad if I if I'm going to bed at 6 a.m. and waking up at you know three in the afternoon that's because yeah. you, you wake up and the day's the day's ending and it's getting dark and that's 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 not gonna work yeah. so um <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 quite obvious a lot of the time why you know why i'm feeling if i'm feeling down it's Mm. it's usually my fault it's not just something that's i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who just get whatever they do however well they do it you know however well they take care of themselves they just get struck with the uh sort of dark feelings or whatever i don't really get that it's there's i always it's always my fault yeah i know what you mean i'm the same if I've, i've overindulged for some reason it's food at the minute and I'm, every time I go and do something I'm like oh I'm going to grab a sandwich while I do that oh I'm going to grab that thing while I do that yeah. and, it, and all of a sudden I realise I'm like I'm eating all day <laughs> it's just and I, don't, I need to break that cycle now but like I say yeah it is it's always my fault again like you said <laughs> yeah 
I just uh, I used to buy too much sugary stuff, and then I just thought, well, if I don't buy it, then I'm not going to eat it, am I? Um, <laughs> so don't. So now there's very little to eat in my house that is sugary. So it'll be if I'm going to eat, then it's going to be savoury, and if it's going to be savoury, then I'm going to have to make a a meal. Am I hungry enough for that? So uh, that's that's the way it works for me. I, Ah. If I fill my cupboard with biscuits, then those biscuits are going to be eaten, <laughs> perhaps in a single day. I know. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't realise that Jaffa cakes like you could just stop eating them. Like yeah. you can, you don't have to have the whole sleeve in one go. <laughs> they go dry, there, don't they? You know, you don't want a dry exactly. Jaffa cake. <laughs> you don't want that. I, I can't um, have uh, dairy, but. Um, you know, Polish Jaffa cakes, there's this Polish brand of Jaffa cakes that are dairy free and they're raspberry Jaffa cakes. So those are quite, oh, wow. when you, when you dare, when you have to go dairy free, your, your cake and biscuit options narrow down quite a lot. But then you, then for some reason you think, oh, this is a good thing. I'll, I'll eat less. You don't, you just eat more of those things. Like yeah. those few things that are dairy free, you just like, they're the best and you just, so yeah, they, yeah. Chow po- down Polish raspberry Jaffa cakes. Got to <laughs> stop eating those things. They're so good. When did you? What happened with? What happened to make you realise you would? Sort of, was it a lactose thing or just dairy thing? Yeah, that was a that's a lockdown development. That is for me. Um, also, I found a lot of people, other people, have um, been saying that they've suddenly realised they're uh, lactose intolerant or dairy intolerant, and mm. it starts my conspiracy brain going. It's going well. Everyone says that the biggest uh, problem with the uh, you know emissions uh, is actually dairy production, and all of a sudden everyone's gone dairy free. What are they put in the dairy? Are they poisoning the dairy? I'm just that's, it starts my conspiracy brain going. How come everyone all of a sudden is lactose intolerant? Are they putting something in the dairy? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think I've just been avoiding it the inevitable for many years now and um it gets to a point where you stop like taking that chance and saying you know i'll have a chocolate bar and then the next day um something either happens too quickly or doesn't happen at all and um, (laughs) in my case doesn't happen at all and uh, i hate that so um uh just kind of um yeah had to give it up the only thing i miss is pizza um, okay, right. Chocolate's yeah. fine. Dark chocolate's just as good, in, better in some cases. A glass of milk, uh, it's fine. You know, oat milk in coffee's good. Yeah. Um, but uh, cheddar cheese and pizza are, are irreplaceable. And, um, <laughs> you know. I know what you mean. I had a vegan pizza the other week and it actually was all right. It was that, because I've started this, I'm on a veggie thing now, because. I don't know, meat just, suddenly one day meat just made me feel weird to eat it. Yeah. And I, I was like, why am I eating this? Am I enjoying this still? I don't really know. It's weird. And I had a vegan pizza at this pub, the, the Star of the East in Limehouse. Yeah. And it was good. It was it had vegan cheese on it. It was great. Right. I okay. recommend it. Yeah. I mean, I had one from a, a you know, one of the pizza chains, the, uh, less crappy of the main ones um i don't want to say any brands on here but you know there's a uh, but it definitely wasn't domino's because i hate domino's there you go (laughs) fuck domino's yeah that's the worst (laughs) but um yeah no i've had a couple of decent ones but they never give you that i mean they're all right i've never had a really good one but you know until they can, I mean, we've been. How long have, have humans been making cheese? It must have been hundreds of years, maybe yeah. a thousand years. I bet someone was making cheese a thousand years ago, <laughs> right? And we've only been making vegan cheese for like 
15 or 10 or 15 years. So I reckon give it a few more years. They'll get it like, they'll be, uh, it'll be not indistinguishable from cheddar <laughs> at one point, even I if they have so. to 3D print it. Like, you know, um, <laughs> one day, right? Because, you know, 3D printers, they print, um, you know, plastic and stuff like that. They do that. Mm. It takes a while. But, you know, quantum computers, they can do all the calculations a lot quicker. They'll be able to work out exactly the chemical, you know, right down to the molecules, exactly what uh, <laughs> makes... Uh, cheddar taste the way it does and then they'll just they'll move one of them so that you know that'll circumvent the dairy you can somehow get around this dairy inclusion and then they'll be able to make it it'll taste exactly the same you'll be able to print it at home I reckon imagine that yeah I reckon that's coming uh, there'll be a machine where you print your own uh, dairy free cheese at home with a quantum <laughs> computer a cheese printer yeah you know what uh, take, someone record this because in 2076 when that's a reality someone will be like a guy on a podcast you know predicted that yeah print your own cheese and, it, and there'll be no dairy cheese in that and they'll be living on satin or something uh, maybe not that I reckon though um, some sort of off world uh, you know city you know they've got the space station aren't they it's kind of going around in yeah. a little bit I reckon there's going to be bigger I bet Jeff Bezos has been talking about getting production of stuff out of off of Earth and into into orbit. I don't know how far they're going to go, but I reckon at that point they might be in low orbit. You know, Earth's orbit, eating, printing their own vegan cheese <laughs> with a quantum computer. Quote well, it'll be, he's probably going to go for like a, like a Death Star kind of affair. Yeah, build his own planet. I reckon you'll be flying out. You'll be flying out towards it, and they'll do that thing as they, they say, "What's that? Is that a, is that a moon?" You go, that's no moon. And as it turns around, it's actually Jeff Bezos's head. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, I, 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 I'm really excited by uh, technological advancements. I really, I really want to see some new ones. But, you know, when they send stuff into Earth's orbit, satellites, can they send yeah. something to Sun's orbit? And I'm sure they can. They, I'm just thinking, can Jeff Bezos make his own planet? I would, you know what? If he's listening, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> well, I got a mate actually, my mate Geordie, and Geordie works for the for the, basically Space Force. Like they put uh, satellites into space, so yeah. he's very knowledgeable about these things. So Geordie, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, drop me a message, Geordie. Yeah, well, I just want to know what what what's required to to make a Death Star, and would it have to orbit? Uh, the sun or could it orbit earth or could it just be the moon no. i know that they can because they fire things into earth's orbit by shooting them at a certain speed and you know angle and so that they don't leave the gravitational flow they just keep then they just keep circling don't they but, yeah 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 and they can drift off and when they sent a, a thing to a probe one of the distant planets i don't know uranus or something like that they sent it via other planets and it used their gravitational field to sort of redirect so that's what? they can they can be very precise yeah because they know exactly where everything's going to be in a path so they fire it into a direct uh, gravitational force of a uh, pull of another planet and that will divert it and they know with maths because the maths are so precise <laughs> that they can actually aim for something that won't even be there right now. It'll be there in the future, you know, when it gets around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they send probes, or that's how they sent one of the probes to, like, a distant planet. They used other planets to, to sort of bounce it off, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, See, that crazy, sort of thing blows my mind that there are people out there. Like I, I've just, this microphone that I'm using now, I bought this today because I left yeah. my other one at home. And 
it took me a while to figure it out and set it up. And then I had to get producer Paul to like make sure it sounds good and do that. That took me that took me an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These people work out, like you've just said, they work out where things are gonna be in the future so that they can shoot things into space. Yeah. To bounce off the Well that's how they uh, you know, that's how they get probes on Mars and stuff. They have to they know where it's gonna be and they know the angle that it's sort of shot at. I don't know how, how much they can correct it on the way, but because there's no like wind in space then they they know that as long as nothing hits it, it's going to be going exactly where they they send it because of course, uh, yeah. Because and they've got all the maths, they've got equations that um that that just say exactly where it's going to be. You know, they, they they can work it out with with maths, but it won't be one person. It'll be one person that does the maths or a bunch of people, but they won't know how to you know make a thruster or whatever. So you need a, an expert on thrusters. If you've got experts in all these different areas, when yeah. it comes together, then you've got, you know, that's how SpaceX happened, isn't it? It's just uh, Elon yeah. Musk's got a lot of money, a lot, gathered a lot of experts together, and, um, you know, they, they've worked Off out how go. to... Yeah. So at some point, uh, I think there'll be a Death Star, and... Um, Will it be the moon or will it be a second moon? Uh, obviously, they won't be able to send the whole thing at once because, you know, it'd be as big as a planet. They've got to send it bit say, by bit. You build it? Yeah, you'd have to build it out there. You couldn't build it on Earth. Yeah, you'd send it bit by bit. If they, if they can shoot things with accuracy, they could shoot, you know, like a, a whole load of equipment out there, couldn't they? And they'll just be like, right, well, we need some more iron or whatever. Okay, shoot the iron out and it gets there and it's processed and it'll just keep gra- growing and growing until it's a, a planet, I reckon. <laughs> I what mean, I like is when they go on, go on, go on. I was just going to say, I mean, uh, I hope no experts are listening who are just going to be like, right, actually, technically, that'll be impossible because all these reasons. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm sure there is a yeah. lot of things I'm not considering here. <laughs> well, when you watch, I watched a documentary about when the, that first moon landing, and when they explained what they did, and they had to sort of, you can't just like fire the rocket towards the moon it has to like you just said it has to go at a certain angle at a certain thing and then they used to, didn't they have they had, like they had to use they had to use like, the orbit of the earth first to build up speed so they could just yeah and then then like, sometimes it circles slingshot. the moon as well doesn't it it's so like it might get to the moon and circle the moon first and then land and, yeah um then you got to slow it down because you know there's things I think it was the Mars one. They said something like it was f- something like 40,000 miles an hour and it had to get down. <laughs> like you got to get the you got to get the speed down a bit. Oh, that's pretty fast. Um Now that's if you saw that go across the sky, you you'd barely see it, would you? It'd be like a shooting star. Yeah, 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 yeah. 40,000 miles an hour. Yeah, maybe that that number's probably wrong, but it was a, a high l- number of thousands of miles per hour. <laughs> Something that you're not just you're not just going to just coast it in like a like a leaf. Yeah. Falling from a twig. <laughs> That's going to make a dent, isn't it? Yeah, you got to slow that down. There'll be an expert in slowing down, you know, obviously there's going <laughs> to be an be expert. Though, wouldn't there? Be, yeah, not just a parachute. There'll be some sort of some sort of device that that you know, go that uses the air sort of resistance there's probably not much atmosphere on mars so it's probably no. they to, i don't know how they test it because you know they've got to work out exactly how much you know what mars is the difference between mars's atmosphere and ours and stuff like that so i i find that yeah. really fascinating that's to me that's exciting and i want to see more advances in that i find it i find it all fascinating like the like on a molecular level do you know what I mean? like they can work out 
how to move like the molecules around to make like yeah. you just said about slowing down they go oh yeah well what you need is this thing and then that will do that will just like it'll i don't know now i'm just talking absolute bollocks i'm you know but something like it like it, it, it turns the molecules a different way so it does this and does that and you know to to work out that sort of thing i find it fascinating to to break it down to that on that level yeah well you know these um if you think about like uh, physics engines as well, you know how they sort of uh, they, they take physics and they emulate it, and uh, you know Unreal. There's a lot of game engines have physics engines, so you know when when bricks are smashed in a game, it, it, they're going to fall fairly accurately, and um, those things no, are quite really. yeah yeah you know they, they they build up materials and they will fall according to the gravity of the uh, physics engine, and they try and replicate life, you know reality on Earth. Um, with the physics, but there's only a certain there's only a certain amount of calculations a computer can do. So you can't. Mm. Um, we've run into a bit of a sort of a bottleneck when it comes to uh, doing the amount of calculations, so you can emulate physics. Uh, that's with traditional computers. That's why, to me, quantum computers are really exciting because they, you know, they. It's not just better graphics it's not just faster it's it's the uh, ability to calculate all these things quicker and if they when they once they get them then they can actually really um emulate scientific molecules and things more realistically because they can do all the calculations at once they'd have to wait for you know it to process it will happen in real time then once they can do that then then they'll be able to do some kind of I don't know. It'll open up a whole world for scientific experimentation because they they can do it virtually and no, and it will be as accurate as doing it in real life. They just need to build the simulations, and so that to me is really exciting because yeah, then you could open up the world of scientific research to anyone who's got a computer, and then you know you know what happens when everyone online. Com, uh, you know, is able to tinker with things, then crazy stuff. There'll be some six-year-old in, like, uh, <laughs> Venezuela or something who works something out that that's just insane. And it's just, they given the opportunity, everyone on Earth could do all these experiments virtually with these calculations. I think there'll be a whole new era of scientific discovery just for, because of w what quantum... See, that's things that excite me that's what i when i scroll you know through your news things i try yeah. and tell it to to give me information updates about artificial intelligence and quantum computers because every day there's mm -hmm. something new in that and i'm getting i'm, I'm going ah oh, this is exciting they'll be able to simulate reality soon maybe maybe already maybe this is a simulation <laughs> but um that's you know once we've got fast enough computers to do that we can simulate reality and once we've got fast enough computers then the AI will be much more capable and then we'll start, you know, helping us with scientific, mm. you know, uh, developments and uh, then it'll start developing itself and then we'll just be, um, we'll just oh, be the yeah. monkeys. We'll be the monkeys and they'll be the, uh, <laughs> they'll be the next dominant species. And I welcome <laughs> that. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But when you say it like that, because people do go, oh my God, but they'll, they'll wipe us out. You go, no, well, we're not going to be here forever anyway. This is just a moment in time, as you've, as you've seen with other species. At some point, humans won't be here anymore. And like you've just said, it'll probably be that. And there is this strange idea that we'll find answers. And I don't think we ever will. It's just an ongoing 
journey, isn't it? This ongoing journey of discovery, new things, new things, new things. And yeah. Just, and it's I, unquenchable thirst for knowledge. I think what we do, though, is we, at this point in time, we, we sit around and wait for another Einstein or Tesla or, you know, uh, whoever to invent the next equation that helps us further technology. I just think at some point the we don't need one. We just we just get artificial intelligence to uh take a look around the world and say what where are the gaps in our knowledge, you know? Explain mm. explain gravity to us. We don't really know exactly how it works yet <laughs> even though we've got a few ideas and there's something else going on there. AI explains it and then we can build spaceships that can you know, travel to the next star and then whatever. We we can fuck that one up as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot. The thing is, though, there's a lot. I mean, you look at, uh, look at the sky, there's a lot of stars we can mess up. And we, I don't think we've messed up our star. We've just messed up the, the planet that, yeah. you know, the the, uh, the habitable planet. Uh, <laughs> we've definitely taken a shit in our own kitchen. Um, you know. <laughs> I, to me, to, I, I, I always like reading about uh, just technological advancements. That's that to me. That's that's comfort for me. Um, some yeah. people get scared by it, or I, I'm not. I, they're not coming for me. You know, no. <laughs> the AI is not attempted to hurt anyone yet. It's just uh, aiding us in in many ways. I'm not scared of the uh, robotic overlords coming to kill us all. <laughs> well, most of us are just. Slaves, anyway, we always just agree with whatever whoever's in charge. We go, Yeah, all right, then. yeah, what, so just be the same, yeah, you know, just uh, what, what's going to happen otherwise, you know, just uh, we're just going to slowly die out, we are anyway, so yeah, you know, exactly, might, yeah, might as well at least be something. Also, who says we can't merge with them, you know, I want a, a big space you know just once my body's dead take all the you know, the brain out stick it in a robotic suit and i can fly around and um. <laughs> that's what they're talking about aren't they they're saying that 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 is when human beings that is when we would get a chance to live forever because yeah. they'll they'll take us they'll take what well, the, the essence of us and put it into a computer program and then you'll end up in that in that reality yeah, well, that's what I. That's why I like uh, AI and quantum computers and all that because we're getting close to that. But hurry up because I, I might have you know forty years more. Uh, you know, if yeah. I if I live to the average age, it needs to happen in the next forty years. Otherwise, they're not going to dig up old corpses, are they, and stick them in <laughs> AI? I want to. I want to be in there. <laughs> not going to start. I mean, they'll dig up like you know like. Einstein and stuff because if the, if if there's any like juice left I'm sure there's a bit of DNA left in and they can clone his brain but um, <laughs> yeah, there'll be a bit of like you know that amber you know the fly that landed in the amber and, and <laughs> there'll be a bit of that somewhere they probably they probably kept his brain anyway they probably kept it probably um, but you know Tesla and uh, Archimedes or whatever all the ones Isaac Newton just I, I feel like that's you know going to be a very exclusive list of dead people to dig up and and take their yeah. Um, so I, you know rather than trying to get on that list, I'd rather just be alive when the option <laughs> I might be ninety odd, and I'll be like, yeah, I'll take that. I, I saved up a little bit. Can I uh, can I get that robotic body and keep my brain alive? But that's the other thing as well is that you want to be. I want to get it as soon as possible before I'm 90 and I don't like, you know, a few of the neurons have dropped out, the connections have split 
you know, I've got this 90 year old brain that, you know. Yeah, yeah. They'll dial it back a bit. The, the, you know so what they'll have? Just... Yeah, you know how um, they can sort of rebuild cells with. They'll, they'll work out how to do it in their brain. I, I, I've got, given, you know, I reckon that'll happen before the, the robotic merging. You know, yeah, they'll get in there and they'll, they'll, they'll start, they'll get a soldering iron and start fusing the. Yeah, yeah. Something will go in there. You'll be able to take a pill and it'll be like replenish. Obviously, they're not going to give it to everyone because they don't want, you know, a hundred million billion people on the planet living forever. <laughs> They'll give it to like the queen. She's probably already testing it because <laughs> the queen. <laughs> <laughs> she's, you know, it's not, it, it's not coincidence, is it, that royals live to about ninety eight. It's, yeah, there's got to be something they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got something. It's not a coincidence that uh, Zuckerberg looks like he's about 14. Yeah, he's got something going on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're onto something, some kind of juice yeah. somewhere, some kind of vitamin injection. Look at the photo of Elon Musk in 1999. He looks older than he does now. Actually, he's, he's, <laughs> he's balding and he looks unhealthy. Now he's like robotic and his hairline's perfect you know they've yeah, got something yeah, yeah. they've got something and i want it <laughs> <laughs> i want it <laughs> i love this shit i see this is the stuff i like talking about this stuff it just it makes me laugh when and, and people do panic and that's the thing all the time people do they, there is fear that drives everybody which is why bad things happen because they're scared well, you just when you just look at it from this point of view you go yeah fine fucking bring it if i end up being a brain in a in a tank yeah, it's great. I want that. I mean, I've got a yeah. VR headset and it doesn't take much to convince me I'm in a different place. So if, you know, that's first, well, it's not first generation, but it can, we could consider it first generation technology compared to what's to come. Um, the, the, just an improvement on that is, you know, Half-Life Alex. I don't know if you ever played that. You go into no. that world, you're pretty convinced you're in that world. It's, it's, a, it's a new experience and that's just the start. They're getting to get better and quicker and slimmer. It's going to be a pair of glasses, and then eventually it'll be contact, and then it'll be just in your brain, yeah. and you'll be in that world. And um, <laughs> it wouldn't matter if you were living in like you know a really shitty place, as long as you've got. They'll just and people will be like, well, "It'll never be as good as the real thing." But how do we know? Our brain just yeah. can creates the real thing based on you know just whatever's going on in there. I like yeah. how I've got no technical uh, terminology. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's going yeah, on in both. there. Um, <laughs> All the things. Yeah, I know what I mean. And I don't need the words. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not educated. I just, yeah. I know what I mean. But, um, you know, they, they, they've got, uh, we, we just perceive the world as it is. And uh, what makes you think we can't artificially create that and then you know yeah. what makes you say and some people even quite intelligent people have suggested we might already be you know in a simulation i don't believe that it's too weird but no. um i think a simulation is possible and uh, if that's the alternative to being dead forever then uh, take give me the simulation absolutely absolutely i'd rather <laughs> that than that'd be it yeah. yeah it's like it's like the actor nicholas pinnock that we had on uh last year and he was talking about acting. I said to him, how do you differentiate from the character to then going back to your your own self? Like, is that stressful? Does it cause sort of mental health issues? And he said, yeah, because your brain doesn't know that you're acting. So all of those emotions that you're feeling that are real and, uh, in the moment because you're, you know, you're in, in, the, in the zone and you're acting, your brain just thinks you are really going through that experience. So the anger and hatred and love and... You know, so it's the same with what you've just said. Your brain sees this thing in front of you and goes, "Yeah, that's it." 
that's that's the truth yeah uh yeah i i always uh I just think, you know, acting's it's kind of impressive how people can actually I couldn't cry on demand. A lot of actors can cry on mm. demand. I just think uh, yeah, I, I can always get angry on demand. That's no problem for me. There's always a bit of anger <laughs> knocking about in there that I can bring just out. Just underneath the surface, yeah. just, just bubbling away. It doesn't take much to bring that out, but um you know I guess some some actors are actors though, and some are method actors, aren't they? So when they're method actors, they become the character and then they mm. just it's just an extension of themselves, but yeah, that must be weird. Uh, I uh, I don't feel like I am. I don't fail to differentiate between me and the characters I play or create. But no. I don't think they're that different from me anyway. I think it's different when you write it. Yeah. If someone else wrote it, then I'd have to get into someone else's mind. But because I wrote the character, then I know exactly what they're feeling, and I don't need to. Uh, I don't need to be instructed or, you know, think too hard about why they're in that situation so yeah playing a character for someone based on someone else's script as well if if you read someone's script and you try and do some voices or play a character and it's very difficult i find it's, yeah uh, it's generally why i do my own voices as well is because i in my head i just think there's no way how how, how am i gonna find someone to uh, to do this the way i want it to be done well, this is it because you can hear it as you're writing the character, as you're as you're creating it. Yeah, you can hear what it sounds like, and then to try and explain that to someone else, like with Devo or with with um, yeah, with Salad Fingers, you kind of go, "This is what he sounds like." Can you? And yeah, you yeah. might have to do it yourself. Yeah. See, De- Devo was uh, Christian's character, but it's something yeah. we always we always did that voice to each other at school. That was the it was a <laughs> it was a it didn't take. You know, you didn't have to look far to find those people. They were all around us, like in yes. school. They lived next door to us. They lived, they, they, you know, when we used to play football, they would come down. They would hassle us when we were playing football. It, yeah. it, that, that was just that was just reality. So to for Christian to turn that into a character, it didn't take a lot of thought for him. He was, you know, it was always there. And um, there was no actual script for Devo. We'd, I'd sometimes, really? th- I, I'd sometimes throw some ideas in, or sometimes we'd. We'd maybe come up with a phrase that, or a, or a word that he could slip in there somehow. But um, in general, he just we'd just go to a place. We'd say, right, it, Dev, Devo is he's looking for some cigarettes. Go, and then we'd start filming, and he would be scraping around. Then he'd just come up with a story on the spot. What? He would come up with a history. It was almost like he did become that character. Um, That's amazing. And you know, the, what, he, when you're watching him trying to. When he says how he makes his money, like he was, he smashes up people's garage doors and he goes around and say, "It's because oh, you've had your garage door smashed in." Yeah, I'll, I'll fix it for you. And trying to sell him broadband, I do use some broadband. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 how he does. That's that's how he talks as well. You know, that's uh, well, that not with that accent, but that's that's how his brain. You can see his brain coming up with ideas. Uh, uh, you know, on the spot, and uh, they 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 just keep doubling over, and then another one appears and. It, it, when I'm filming it, uh, when I was filming it with him, um, I yeah, I felt like I was hanging around with Devo. I didn't feel like I was hanging around with my friend Christian. Right. I felt like I was hanging around with Devo, and I, I knew he wasn't going to hit me or, or start on me. But I didn't, I didn't believe it that much. But I still felt like I was hanging around with, you know, a, a rough guy, a yeah, yeah, chavvy yeah. guy. But we've all, like you say, those people have always been around. Like when I was a kid, they were. I remember you'd be over the park and you just see him appear on the horizon. You're like, oh no! 
Yeah, yeah there'd be loads of them. You could, again. you could see them from a distance. You know they were going to come down. You know, they're like yeah. 13, but they're smoking a cigarette. They'd be like, ah, oh, you fucking... And they start, you know, just trying to get up in everyone's face, trying to start, yeah. just trying to get a reaction so, so so they can have a fight with someone. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, you know, always handy to just befriend a few of them so you had them playing <laughs> football with you, just so, you know, someone else, always. Can, someone else can take a... You know that, that that was always a that always seemed like a good idea. Just just yeah. have a few rough kids around when you're playing football. It'll uh, <laughs> they can be security. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice little life hack to finish on. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, we didn't. Uh, it, I remember at school, it, it, it was football on the uh, on the field at school at dinner time. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. so, like, yeah, there'd be a few sort of like rougher types and uh, that would be a, a layer of security from uh, for everyone else no one no one messed with us when we played football at school I know what you mean there was always one kid and for some reason he liked me and he hated my mate and so he always used to just just bully the shit out of my mate and yeah. it was always nice to me and you're like I don't get it that was the same with me yeah there was a you know a kid who lived on the corner friend he was always friendly to me but when my mates come yeah. around he would always i remember one time this kid uh came up to us he was just like walking towards us acting really hard and he had a hammer up his sleeve and he was just like hitting the hammer on his hand like saying he was going to hit us with the hammer I remember that jesus christ yeah i often wonder what happened to those people i always look them up on uh, facebook and i'll just be like oh great they've got four kids great <laughs> <laughs> great uh, let, let me just let me just look up the kid the, the smart kid from school oh right no he's not on facebook i can't find out what he's doing but i can see that uh, all the worst kids have got multiple multiple children of their own now so that they're, they're multiplying yes. great <laughs> <laughs> good that's what we need more mad cunts running yeah around. yeah <laughs> David, thank you so much for joining me on this. I really appreciate. I really appreciate. It. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. Where Thanks can we find me. you online? Can we find you online or yeah, you can not? find me online. You can find me online. Just search for Salad Fingers. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Um, you mean as in find me? Like I'm running around in the online space like you can grab me i don't know about that but um, in your reality in your in your virtual reality yeah i mean you can find me on instagram and twitter and all those places just it's david firth and it's uh, usually salad fingers so um brilliant brilliant i actually got a, i bought the salad fingers plush toy oh yeah so just, nice one. i love it cheers yeah it's yes. great, those are kind of uh a fun item and uh, they've, they've done really well I actually gave one to the uh, local there's a, a bakery that I go to today and I, I gave them they, they kept them in commenting that they wanted a plush toy so I gave them one today and um, oh. uh, they sat it on the uh, little shelf and um, <laughs> I, it's you know and I got a you know free sandwich for that and uh, you know you so you're going to be friendly with the uh, local with the local bakeries. It's always good to have a good relationship with your local bakery, I found. <laughs> that's fucking great. Yeah. I think that's a great that's a great uh, little life lesson. Yeah, take that with you everybody. Just be yeah. just befriend your local baker. Yeah. As long as it's not Greg's, they don't give a shit. Like uh, No, they give no. You don't, they don't need, they don't need salad fingers. Yeah, in, independent. Like no, they're not allowed to think. Yeah, you, you, just imagine if you if you went into Greg's with a salad fingers toy, they'd be looking around like, "Is someone senior? Can can someone take care of this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not allowed an opinion. <laughs> I'm not even allowed to play my own music." Now you got to go in the local places where they're allowed their own opinions. That's it. 
Yeah, I love that. It's nice when people come play, come to my place and they go, salad fingers. They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They go, where the fuck did you get that? Uh, <laughs> I was online. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not been bootlegged yet, like all the other Salad Fingers merch. So uh, buy it oh, before. Fuck, it really? Yeah, there's no, I think it's too hard to make one of those like on the cheap. They can print a t-shirt. Anyone can print a t-shirt out, but it takes quite a bit of effort to make a, a plush toy. Oh god, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks shit as well if they did that. My god. Yeah. It'd look even worse. <laughs> like one of them ones you win at the fairground or something. One of those pieces of crap. <laughs> like a blue Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, this has been great. Right. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Insane in the membrane. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.